today on Spiritual Awakening Radio, guidance about meditation practice. Solitude is not something you must hope for in the future. Rather, it is a deepening of the present. And unless you look for it in the present, you will never find it. A quote from Thomas Merton. This paragraph comes from Caroline Stephen in a book called Quaker Spirituality, Selected Writings, Paulist Press, one of the volumes in their Classics of Western Spirituality series. The one cornerstone of belief upon which the Society of Friends is built is the conviction that God does indeed communicate with each one of the spirits he has made in a direct and living in-breathing of some measure of the breath of his own life that he never leaves himself without a witness in the heart as well as in the surroundings of man, and that in order to clearly hear the divine voice thus speaking to us, we need to be still, to be alone with him in the secret place of his presence. This is from a book called The Lord of Silence, also a Quaker publication as I begin the program with a few quotes from various traditions about the need for stillness, silence, and being still in order to know God. The God who speaks to the human spirit in the silence is not limited by language because the language of the spirit is universal. Whoever listens to this God without words by means of faith, inspiration, contemplation, tuning into the wavelength of the Spirit, recognizes that God sends out continuous messages. Deep within us all, there is an amazing inner sanctuary of the soul, a holy place, a divine center, a speaking voice to which we may continually return. A quote from Thomas Kelly from his Quaker spiritual classic, A Testament of Devotion. This is from one of the Gnostic Gospels, the Apocryphon of John. The teaching of the Savior and the revelation of the mysteries and the things hidden in silence, even these things which he taught his disciple, John. That's an interesting introduction to this book. The teaching of the Savior and the revelation of the mysteries and the things hidden in silence. From the book of Allegenus, The Stranger in a Strange Land, another Nag Hammadi Gnostic gospel. There was within me a stillness of silence, and I heard the blessedness whereby I knew my proper self. Trimorphic Protonoa, another book from the Nag Hammadi Library. I am a voice speaking softly. I exist from the first. I dwell within the silence. Thunder Perfect Mind, another text from the Nag Hammadi Library. I am the voice whose sound is manifold, and the word whose appearance is multiple. 
I am the hearing which can be attained by everyone. The Syriac Aramaic Acts of Thomas To be glorified art thou, the Father Supreme, born of thy firstborn in the silence and tranquility of meditation. In the book of Enoch it says, I will speak to you when you are alone. Be still and know, I am God. And that passage from Enoch, of course, may remind one of Psalm 46, verse 10, meditation in the Hebrew scriptures. Be still and know, I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. A psalm attributed to St. Thomas, found in the book Acts of Thomas in India. I will come to you in the silence. This passage from the Acts of Peter provides a great description of meditation practice. Give ear, withdraw your souls from all that appears but is not truly real. Close these eyes of yours. Close your ears. Withdraw from actions that are outwardly seen, and you shall know the reality of Christ and the whole secret of your salvation. A kind of meditation instruction from the Apostle Peter. You know, I found a few other mystical-type passages attributed to the Apostle Peter found in the Clementine homilies. I'm noticing a little bit of a mystical streak there in some verses attributed to Peter, which is interesting. Maybe I'll do a program on that sometime. If you're interested in learning more about meditation and mysticism in the Hebrew scriptures, there are words that speak of silence and meditation in Hebrew that are less discernible to those reading English translations of the Hebrew scriptures. There are a couple of books that dive in and explore the biblical tradition of meditation. There's a book called The Holy Name by Miriam Caravella and another book, a kind of sequel to that, called The Mystic Heart of Judaism. Miriam Caravella published by the Radhaswami Satsang Bayas, which you'll find at scienceofthesoul.org in their collection of English books in a section devoted to the mystics of the world religions. This is from 
some 7th century writings known as the Jesus Sutras of China. To be pure and still means to be open to purity and stillness. As a result, you can intuit the truth. Detach yourself from what disturbs and distracts you, and be as pure as one who breathes in purity and emptiness. This state is the gateway to enlightenment. It is the way to peace and happiness. Used in that song, Inner Light by the Beatles, a passage from the Tao Te Ching. Without going out of my door, I can know all things on earth. Without looking out of my window, I can know the ways of heaven. And Swamiji Maharaj composer of the Sarbachan Radhaswami poetry once said, Sit still, and you will reach your destination. Walk fast, and you will go nowhere. Here are some meditation instructions, what some call the convenient method or GOT, inner light meditation. Introductory meditation instructions for those not initiated into the full meditation practice. This practice should not be done for long periods of time, but basically give you a sense, give you an idea of what it's like to meditate for a few minutes. You can do this practice a few minutes each day. It's found in the writings of Hazur Baba Sawan Singh. Hazur Baba Sawan Singh's introductory meditation instructions for those awaiting eventual initiation, but something that gives them something to do in the meantime. As to any exercises which might help you until the time of your initiation, I can only suggest at this time that you may sit in meditation in a quiet place, like your own bedroom or some room as secluded as possible, and with spine and body erect in a comfortable position, fix all the attention at the center just back of the two eyes, and slowly repeat the word Radhaswami, fixing the mind on the Supreme Being, who is your Supreme Father. Sitting for meditation in a quiet place, some unused room or some place off to the side that doesn't get a lot of traffic, as secluded as possible, with spine and body erect, which gives you a sense of focus, but you also endeavor to be comfortable in your posture so you don't fidget or feel any sort of pain. 
a posture that you can adopt for your meditation sit, but sitting up straight and very focused, not slouching back as if to be getting ready to fall asleep. Very focused, spine and body erect and yet comfortable. Fix all of your attention at the center, back of the eyes. This is referring to the third eye center. When you close your eyes, you see darkness in front of you. That's another way of describing accessing the third eye center. That which sees the darkness is the third eye, or the inner eye, or mind's eye. Fix all the attention at the center, just back of the two eyes, and slowly repeat the word Radhaswami. Huzur Baba Sawan Singh says, Radhaswami is a term that means Lord of the Soul. It refers to the Supreme Being, the Lord of Love, the Merciful and Compassionate, Lord of the Soul, the Ocean of Love, the True God not a hypostasis or projection or emanation or angel or some holographic form somewhere in the cosmos, but the ultimate reality, the supreme being at the top of creation, who of course is given many names, one of them being Radhaswami, Lord of the Soul. One repeats this name of God as one's mantra, making it a kind of prayer of the name, an Eastern version of the prayer of the name, if you will. With eyes closed, concentrating at the third eye center, one is repeating the word Radhaswami. Fixing the mind on the Supreme Being. Now, in this particular instruction from Hazur Baba Sawan Singh, he does not say if one is repeating the name Radhaswami verbally or mentally, a mental chant or a verbal chant. So, perhaps both are possibilities. We'll leave it up to the individual to explore that on their own. This paragraph from the Spiritual Seeker's Guide goes into another aspect of meditation practice in the Sant Mat tradition. The role of love and devotion, not just discipline, not just a desire or thirst for the supernatural, the out-of-body or the soul travel, but another very important spiritual foundation for practicing meditation. The love factor. Love and devotion or at the heart of the spiritual path. It says in the Spiritual Seeker's Guide, Without bhakti, without love, it is difficult to concentrate at the spirit pole. In the absence of love, nobody can concentrate at the spirit pole. A devotee should therefore repeat the holy name Radhaswami and contemplate the holy form of the Master as much as possible and as often as possible. He will thus be able to annihilate the bad sanskaras or samskaras, a term related to karma, mental impressions. 
You will thus be able to annihilate the bad samskaras which make the mind active. Love is very central to the spiritual journey. Love is the motive. And is a better motive than thirst for the supernatural, thirst for out-of-body travel, or discipline alone. Those motives of discipline and a desire to find something supernatural may take you so far, but love and devotion, or bhakti and prem, will take you all the way to heaven's door. Some introductory meditation instructions from Kirpal Singh, Kirpal Singh's public domain introductory meditation instructions. He says, meditation is the process of withdrawing the attention from the outside world and focusing it at the seat of the soul in the body behind and between the eyebrows. Meditation is the process of withdrawing the attention from the world outside and focusing it at the seat of the soul in the body, behind and between the eyebrows. This point is known as the third eye, the inner eye, the single eye, Shevnatra, or Tishratil. In order to withdraw our attention, and focus it on this point. The mind must be controlled and stilled. Sit in one pose and move not your head, limbs, or eyes. Sit straight but relaxed with no tension in the body below. Close your eyes as in sleep and look sweetly, lovingly, intently into the middle of the darkness lying in front of you. You will see a dark veil. That which sees the dark veil within, without the help of your physical eyes, is the inner eye. Do not put any strain on your physical eyes, nor turn them upwards. Pay no attention to the breathing process. Let it go on naturally. Those who are initiated repeat the five charged words one by one, very slowly, mentally, internally, at intervals, so that your inner eye is not disturbed. Those who have not been initiated just sit in sweet remembrance of God, repeating with the tongue of thought any name of God or saint which you hold dear. There are many such names, Radhaswami, Ram, Hu, Om, Allah, Yeshua, or some other sacred name. Kirpal Singh, as you look within, you will see a sky or blue sky. If you look minutely into it, you will find it studded with stars, or you will see pinpoints of light you may see pinpoints of light. If so, try to locate the big star out of them and fix your whole attention on that. 
Then you may see the inner sun or moon. If so, focus all your attention into the middle. It will break into pieces and you will cross it. Beyond you will see the radiant form of the master or his master. Become the eye itself. Go on looking constantly without a break. Any effort on your part stands in the way. Let yours be an effortless effort, and you will find that your soul will be withdrawn from the body, says Kripal Singh in his introductory meditation instructions. So with the Kirpal Singh introductory meditation instructions, we find an expanded version of the Sawan Singh instruction. Sitting comfortably, gazing by way of the third eye into the darkness that the mind's eye beholds. The third eye, or inner eye, or single eye, has also been called the seat of the soul. It's the primary focus in the teachings of the masters. The third eye is viewed as a kind of portal to the kingdom of God within. It's the doorway to the divine, the seat of the soul, the inner eye that's gazing into the darkness and has the potential to also discover the inner light, or many different kinds of light. As one is gazing within, at the darkness and or the light, one repeats mentally, he's very specific about that here, one is repeating their sacred names, the charged words they were given, or if one is not initiated, one can adopt their own sacred name, such as Radhaswami or some other name and mentally slowly repeat that while gazing into the darkness, contemplating the darkness or contemplating the light that will appear, the divine inner light that will manifest. This kind of meditation is not intended to be done for long periods of time, certainly not beyond a half hour each day, perhaps less than a half hour per day, but provides a taste an inkling, a sense of what it's like to reach the third eye center, the single eye. If thine eye be single, you may discover that your whole body is full of light. about meditation practice today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. In his spiritual classic, The Philosophy of Liberation, Maharishi Mehi describes several techniques 
for a successful meditation practice. There are several techniques described in the philosophy of liberation or moksha darshan, the specific details of which are taught to students at the time of their diksha or initiation into the full practice of Santmat meditation. One developing a daily routine, the habit of meditating at the same time or times each and every day. Two, proper posture so that one is truly focused at the third eye and remains alert and awake. Three, manas japa or simran, the mantra repetition of a sacred word done mentally. If one verbally chants or sings a name, that's done on the outside, but if you repeat a sacred name of God mentally, that's further within and takes you inside, takes you in, draws you within. Manas Jap, Simran, mentally chanting names of God with the tongue of thought. Four, Manas Dhyan, the technique of mentally visualizing a form of God, one's deity or one's teacher. Five, Dristi Sadhana, the technique of focusing upon an infinitesimal point. This is the beginning of the inner light meditation, inner seeing. This infinitesimal point will eventually blossom into inner light or visions of light. One gazes into the middle of the darkness or the light one sees while in meditation. Think of the infinitesimal point as being like a laser pointer or cursor, keeping one focused. One looks in the center, always in the center. One passes from scene to scene and vision to vision, always looking toward the center, as if you're tunneling through from scene to scene, level to level. Six, Nada Sadhana, also known as Surat Shabd Yoga, transcendental hearing inner sound meditation. And seventh, reaching the state of Kavalya, oneness with the Supreme Being in the pure conscious realm. The ultimate goal in this path of the masters or way of the saints is to merge into the upper level of Kavalya, the state beyond the sound, the ultimate reality of God in the Narguna or formless state. Also described with terms such as anami or nameless, anadi, soundlessness, and anurag sagar or ocean of love. The poet mystic Tulsi Sahib of Hathras, India once described it this way, there is a being who is inaccessible or agem, unfathomable, a lock, and nameless, or anami, who has no locality and is not confined to space." Telsi Sahib also often used the Sufi language of love, the poetic language of bhakti, describing this timeless spiritual state of oneness as the abode of the Beloved. On having found the teacher, I shall adopt his refuge 
and I shall follow the path to the Beloved's abode. The way to the Beloved lies within. My heart's desire, says Tulsi, is that my soul may meet the Beloved. Excerpt on meditation practice from The Philosophy of Liberation, Maharishi Mehi's Spiritual Manual of Sant Mat Mysticism. What are the goals of the path? Why do we do what we do? It's a great manual about the mechanics of Sant Mat spirituality. Maharishi Mehi. A comfortable pose of sitting or posture keeping the head, neck, and trunk straight and steady is a must for meditation. Without the ability to sit in such a steady posture for prolonged periods, meditation cannot be practiced. Meditation should be practiced being alert without being drowsy, shutting the eyes comfortably and without turning the eyeballs or pressing them in any way. The practice of meditation should be an essential part of the practitioner's daily routine. The preferred time of meditation is Brahma Muhurta, the hour of God, very early in the morning, 3 a.m. Likewise, one should meditate at mid-morning and then again in the evening time. Also, while falling asleep, one should also engage his or her mind in meditation says Maharishi Mehi Paramhans. Some comments about these stages. There's just something about sitting with back straight. You almost naturally fall into the third eye. If you're slouching back in an easy chair, you're guaranteed to fall asleep just about. You know, it's, it's a highly uh, likely proposition that you'll doze off. But when you're sitting straight, you're very focused. So the idea is to be comfortable so you don't have to move around to alleviate a pain or ache somewhere. But very focused, sitting up straight. His reference to not turning the eyeballs up. In some traditions of India, they do just that. It's as if they physically want their eyes to turn up into their heads to stare at the third eye. As if it's a physical thing that you'll catch a glimpse of the third eye with your physical eyes. If you can even do that. Some people can, apparently. But you don't really need to do that. It's not a physical thing. You just need to be very kind and gentle to your eyes. Close your eyes gently, staring into the darkness. That's how you will access the third eye. By cultivating a spiritual sense of seeing. It's not a matter of physically trying to turn your eyes in a different direction. Be kind to your eyeballs. And you don't need to press your eyeballs in any way. That's actually cheating, stimulating the optic nerve 
Or if you sneeze, if you have a spectacular sneeze, you may also stimulate the optic nerve of your eyes and perhaps see some stars or a flash of light. That's cheating. That's not really mystical light at all, just a natural physical thing. Again, one doesn't need to worry about that either. Be kind to your eyes, gazing into the darkness, waiting for the light to appear. That's all you need to, to do, all you need to worry about. Brahma Muhurta, the hour of God, early in the morning, is a very peaceful time. It's dark out, it's quiet, an ideal, natural sensory deprivation chamber, time of the morning, with quietude in the air. The Hindus call it Brahma Muhurta, early in the morning. The Sikhs call this peak spiritual time of the morning Amrit Vela, the hour of elixir. And also here, Maharishi Mehi Parmhans refers to the thrice daily meditation. Meditating early in the morning, but also having some meditation times distributed throughout the day, one at midday and again in the evening. Thrice daily meditation, three meditations. Now, if someone prefers meditating for a, a very long period of time early in the morning, fine. But some who may not want to be able or might not be able to sit for super long periods of time, you can divide that up into three meditation sits. There's early in the morning, middle of the day, and again in the evening the thrice daily approach to meditation and again when you're when you're trying to fall asleep to go into sleep in a meditative state is a great thing as well Satsang podcast edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio today, guidance about meditation practice. From several sources, included on one podcast, for your convenience, all in one place, making it a bit easier to find. Some instruction about meditation from Sri Bhagrath Baba from his book Quintessence of Santmat, from a chapter called Know the Self Through the Self. Sri Bhagrath Baba is a disciple and one of the spiritual successors of Maharishi Mehi Paramhans. He resides at the Maharishi Mehi Ashram in Kapagat, Bhagalpur, Bihar district, India. He says the practitioner, if he sits for meditation, always must keep his or her head, neck, and spinal cord or back completely straight. The respiration process will naturally become slowed if one sits straight. And thus it is a helping factor in meditation, 
as well as with Jop or Simran, the repetition of sacred names. The Thrice Daily Meditation Approach Meditation done three times per day plus before sleep. Sants or yogis have fixed times of meditation. Those times are one in the pre-dawn, before the sunrise, two after taking a bath during the midday, and three during the evening after the sun sets. Meditation done at these three times is called thrice daily meditation. A practitioner must sit for meditation in these three times and also should do manas jap, the repeating of the guru-instructed mantra, or simran, and manas dhyan, involving the mind and visualizing or seeing the master's radiant form inside while doing worldly work as well. In the evening, just before going to bed, the practitioner should sit in meditation for two to four minutes and then go to sleep. A practitioner can continue manas jap or manas dhyan or keep his or her vision straight inside with closed eyes lying in bed. This practice protects one from terrible unpleasant dreams and on the other hand the practitioner can be benefited with the appearance of sages or saints or satsang in the dream state. The appearance or seeing of saints or sages in the dream state is an indication of spiritual progress. A meditation practitioner who does meditation in the pre-dawn very carefully should not take a heavy meal in the night. Meals should not be hard to digest. Easily digestible meals and that also are light in terms of quantity or amount should be taken in the night so that the practitioner can get up early at the pre-dawn time. This habit keeps the body sound and healthy. Most Reverend Guru Maharishi Mehi says, Sound mind lives in sound body, and worship is done only by the sound mind. Unquote. So a practitioner should control his or her meals. A practitioner should close both eyes and mouth at the time of meditation. If he or she would be speaking and seeing the outer world with eyes open, he or she could not do the practice of meditation. Upon closing the eyes, one sees darkness within. Whether they belong to a certain creed, caste, country, or one is young, old, male, female, scholar, or illiterate, this darkness has not been created by human beings or gods. This darkness has been created by the Supreme Sovereign God. There are three layers or coverings over the jiva-atma, the individual soul. Those are darkness, light, and sound. Darkness is the shadow of the light. This darkness is the first layer on the jiva, the individual soul, whom all beings see. One who crosses this layer of darkness through a special form of meditation sees the inner light within oneself. This inner light is the light of the self, or divine light. 
On achieving it, the third eye opens completely. While mentally gazing into the darkness that one sees with eyes closed, one should repeat the guru-instructed mantra, or Simran. This process is called manas jap. While doing this, neither the lips nor the tongue are oscillated. Instead, the mantra, an alphabetical name given by the master, is repeated within by the mind. This jap, or Simran, is actually a kind of meditation. Repeating the mantra through the mind is for the purpose of calling the Ishta, one's ideal, protecting deity, most beloved Satguru, near oneself. So the practitioner who does this kind of Jap or Simran should perform Jap with great love. The master becomes happy and compassionate if one does Jap with immense love and devotion. And he appears at one's command as, as one desires. The master appears. On correct Simran practice. Above what I just read was about the meditation practice, sitting up straight, gazing within at the darkness and the light, and eventually the sound will manifest. One meditates at certain times of the day and even tries to spiritualize their dreams by falling asleep while meditating. But the practice of Simran, the repetition of the Guru Mantra, the sacred name, can also be done during opportune moments throughout the day as well as a separate spiritual exercise of staying centered or recentering during the waking hours of the day and the night, no matter where one is. On correct Simran practice, the practitioner who does Jap or Simran sitting in a secluded place with the right method and immense love becomes the excellent devotee. By doing Jap, the mind and heart become devotionally pure. Morale is uplifted. One gets strength in inner meditation, divine power, or charge after getting to a degree of perfection in Jap or Simran practice. By doing Jap, so much sanctity begins to flow within the body and mind of the practitioner that the note or wave of Jap penetrates whatever the practitioner touches. If the practitioner of Jap or Simran repeats the Guru-instructed mantra while doing worldly work as well as practices Jap sitting in a secluded place, with love and faith, he or she begins to see divine visions or hear auditions in the inner sky the region within where darkness normally appears when one's eyes are closed. Approaching Simran or Jap, Manas Jap, the repetition of sacred names, the repetition of the Guru Mantra, done in a spirit of love, is the right way to approach Simran. Not as a dry mantra word, not as a dry magical mantra, done without heart, done without soul, or like a password, but really calling out to one's beloved. An act of worship, that's the true approach 
advocated by the saints of India. Repeat God's name with love. That is true, Simran, say all the saints. Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj was a disciple and one of the spiritual successors of Maharishi Mehi Paramhans. He said, when we see darkness with our closed eyes, when we see the darkness with our closed eyes, we are in the realm of death and rebirth. We are unaware of our true nature. When we come out of the realm of darkness and enter into the realm of light, we will at the same time transcend the web of death. Couplets of Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj Begin meditation with internally chanting or repeating the Guru Mantra incantation, the charged words given by the Master. And then try to visualize the radiant form or image of the Satguru in the still darkness of the inner sky with eyes closed. Follow that with focusing your attention at the seat of the soul within, i.e. at the third eye center or inner eye. By making the two streams of consciousness in your two eyes converge at a point. When the two currents of consciousness meet at a point, divine light appears within. Then practice Surat Shabd Yoga, the yoga of inner divine sound. Try to shift your attention to listening to the divine sounds or many melodies, anhad, nod, ringing inside. Listen to the divine sound. Hearing the divine sound destroys all the perversions, agitations, and fecalness of the mind. Ascending beyond or transcending the many sounds, try to identify and tune into the quintessential unstruck melody called the Sarshabd or Anahat Nad, which alone is capable of taking you and merging you into oneness with the Supreme Lord. This is the ultimate deliverance, emancipation, welfare, or liberation says Sant Seviji Maharaj. Inner sound meditation or Surat Shabd Yoga is described in the preamble of the book The Yoga of Inner Light and Sound, the teachings of Swami Akutanan Baba, translated into English by Praveshke K. Singh. Tiny fishes especially are skilled enough to swim upstream even against the very strong turbulent currents. 
The ascension of the soul in the reverse direction of flow of streams of sounds can thus be compared to the swimming of fishes. Hence the yoga of sound has also been referred to as Mina Marg. Mina meaning fish and Marg meaning path, the path or way of the fish. Thus climbing further and further, leaving all the five spheres, all the five spheres behind, one after another. The soul finally transcends even the domain of the quintessential unstruck sound and merges into the anami, the nameless, the soundless, or kivalya. The state that is one with the Supreme Godhead, merging with God himself. Thus yoga or union or bhakti, devotion, is completed. of inner sound, the audible life stream, the sound current. A kind of gospel of Sant Mat in a nutshell. The meaning of the practice, the goal of the meditation is described in this paragraph, this following paragraph by Huzur Maharaj Rai Salagram Bahadur in his book Prem Patra Radhaswami Volume 2 which means the love discourses about the Lord of the soul, part two, if you want to put that into contemporary English, Prem Patra Radhaswami. Hazur Maharaj said, the current along which the spirit has descended is the current of life, light, nectar, and shabd, the divine sound. Radhaswami Dayal, the compassionate lord of the soul, has ordained that the devotee should translate and elevate his spirit by catching hold of this current, by listening to the internal sounds. In other words, one should first extricate one's spirit from the Pindadesh, or material physical realm, which is full of pain and pleasure and impurities. One should then elevate it to Brahmanand and then beyond to Satpurush Radhaswami Dham, the region whence the spirit descended in the beginning. This is the Gospel of Santmat in a nutshell. The path of Surit Shabd Yoga hitching a ride on the divine sound, a river of sound, if you will, that flows back into the ocean of God.
this has been a podcast about guidance on the meditation practice. Guidance about meditation practice today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. To learn about the qualifications for initiation into the full meditation practice of Sant Mat meditation, inner light and sound meditation, Surat Shabd Yoga, see the link below to examine the charts of the heavens, various Sant Mat and Gnostic charts of the inner regions or heavens. I have that linked below as well. A new page, in fact, for that. I have recently created at WordPress. Also, you can see a link below to The Spiritual Seeker's Guide, which is a great book all about the new spiritual seeker encountering this different path from India and how to put it into practice and the reasons for that. Also below, I have a link to an article called The Ascension of the Soul. It's a several-part series combined into one booklet which is describing the inner regions of consciousness, the various planes that the soul passes through, the various lights and sounds and regions, names of those regions, a good companion to the charts of the heavens link, giving full descriptions of these various heavenly realms or planes of consciousness. That's linked below as well. Like, subscribe, Get the alerts for podcasts that you'll find on this channel. And tune in again next week at this same time for another edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio. To say hello, my email address, my contact information, the email address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. James at spiritualawakeningradio.com. You can also text me at this number. It's actually a Google number. It's not intrusive at all. It's a Google number. People have even left messages there, too. It's just it's just an, another inbox for me. It's not really a, a phone ringing on a nightstand or anything. It's a Google account. You can send a text to me or leave a message at this number. 508-603-9800. Visit my website, spiritualawakeningradio.com. In the near future, I'll be working on the library tab of my website. In fact, depending on when you hear this podcast, I may have already done that. There's already a, a book collection at the library section of my website. I'm just updating it, upgrading it. I've been working on that as of late. You can check out various ebooks by going to the website spiritualawakeningradio.com and clicking on the library tab. Tune in again for another edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio.